In this final message today, I want to explore four basic truths that kind of immerse us in something that we're calling the domino effect. Turn to your neighbor and tell them the domino effect. Our prayers, your prayers and my prayers, create a domino effect. It was in 1983 that physicist Lauren Whitehead published an article in the American Journal of Physics titled Domino Chain Reaction. A domino chain reaction. Now, Whitehead's uh, intriguing discovery is that a domino is capable of knocking over another domino that is one and a half times its size. So, for those of you quick at math, you'll already be with me on this. That means that a two-inch domino can topple a three-inch domino, and a three-inch domino can topple a four-and-a-half-inch domino. But what was most fascinating uh, about the study was this, that uh, by the 18th domino, by the 18th domino increasing in size, you could knock over the leaning tower of Pisa. By the 23rd domino, you could knock over the Eiffel Tower. And by the 28th domino, you could take down the Empire State Building. All because one little domino, over time increasing as it goes, can knock down larger and larger and larger. Here's what we know. Is that this domino and the power of the domino effect is the exact same power and principle that prayer operates on. It's exponentially. It, it, it is an investment that, uh, that returns over and over and over again, exponentially growing as it goes. Remember, God is able to do immeasurably more than you could even ask, think, or dream. And if we will consistently put our hearts in a place of prayer, if we will make a decision to keep circling every day, every answered prayer, it's like where our faith grows and we can ask God for something a little bit bigger. We can ask God for something a little bit stronger. We can ask God to do a little bit more. Why? Because every answered prayer, every moment of prayer, every day spent in prayer, every minute spent in prayer, it grows our faith exponentially so that we can see God do more than what we would have perhaps even thought possible before. That's the power of the domino effect. And I want to talk to you for uh, the next few minutes on the subject of the domino effect. If you have your Bibles, I'd love for you to join me in Matthew chapter 20. Uh, if you've got a copy of Scripture, you can turn there or click there on your mobile device. Or if you'd like, you can join us on our central hub, faithchurchks.org. And uh, you'll see a card right there says this week, and you can click on it and see all the scriptures and take some notes if you'd like, as we talk a little bit about the domino effect. Now, here's what, here's what you need to know. Here's, here's kind of the second thought today. Not only are our prayers creating a domino effect, but here's the second thought that I want to share with you today, and that's this, that we can initiate the domino effect as we express our prayers. As you express your prayers you begin to tip over the very first domino that begins a chain reaction. But it only happens when you make a decision to express that prayer. Not a prayer that you thought. Not a prayer that you internally have been worried about. Not a prayer that you write on a prayer card and stick on a wall. 
Not a prayer that you call a friend and ask them to help you. No, the chain reaction that's going to occur in your life is going to be going to come because you make a decision to open your mouth and you begin to pray. You begin to talk to the Lord. We initiate the domino effect with our words, our prayers expressed. Matthew chapter 20, we see an interesting story starting in verse 29. And Jesus and his disciples, they were leaving Jericho and there was a large crowd that began to follow him. What kind of crowd was following him? Large crowd was following him. Jesus believed in a growing ministry. Now, verse 30 says this, two blind men, two blind men, they were sitting by the roadside. And when they heard that Jesus was walking by and going by, they shouted, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. See, it's only fun if you actually read it the way the Bible says that it was done. Didn't say they whispered, Jesus, we're praying right now, son of David. If you're not bothered, Jesus, if you have time. They shouted because there was an urgency. There was a fervor. There was an expectancy. There was a, hey, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on us. Then the crowd, check this out. The crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet. Shh. Don't you know you're blind? Shh. That's inappropriate in church. Shh. Don't you know you're not good enough to get cleaned up? Don't, don't you know that you're sick because you, you did something wrong and something's a problem with you and you're not good enough to hang with the master yet? He ain't got time for you right now. He's got other things to do. Hey, be quiet. Your prayers don't matter. He's not going to listen to you anyway. Why would he listen to your prayers? You're not even doing it right. You're blind. You, you don't know. They rebuked the blind men. But, I love verse 31, but they shouted even louder. They were determined to press in. The answer didn't come right away, but they decided to press in and keep praying. They decided to keep on asking, keep on seeking. They may have not seen the answer yet, but they're going to get an answer. Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus stopped and he called them. What do you want me to do for you? Some of you might be sitting there, was Jesus blind? Like, did he not know what was going on? I mean, could he not see that they were clearly blind? Could he not see that they were clearly beggars? Could he not see that they were clearly in need of something? What was Jesus' problem? Nothing. Jesus understood that it is only what we ask for that gives God permission to do something on our behalf. Jesus knew that if there was going to be a domino effect that would occur in their lives, it was because they understood the principle that you must first begin by speaking something out. So they answered, Lord, we want our sight. And Jesus had compassion on them and he touched their eyes. Immediately they received their sight and followed him. Yeah, if I got my eyes healed after being blind my entire life and all of a sudden I got my eyes healed, I'd be following him too. Why in the world would Jesus ask this question? Why would he ask this question? I'll tell you why. Because it's the same reason he's asking you here today. Son, daughter, 
What do you need? What do you want me to do for you? What, what is it that you need right here, right now? What, what would you ask Jesus for if he was standing in front of you saying, what can I do for you? Well, isn't it obvious, Jesus? No. What can I do for you? What can I do for you? Everything surrounding the blind men told them that they weren't worth Jesus's time. Every person around them told them that they were wasting their time. Maybe people have told you that you are wasting your time going to church. You're just going to end back up in the same stage of life, doing the same kinds of things. I know what you did Friday night. I know what you did Saturday night. You don't have no business showing up. Maybe there are people in your life telling you those very things. It doesn't matter what is surrounding you. If you will make a decision to press through and ask Jesus and talk to the Lord a little bit, if you'll press through and pursue him, you'll have an encounter with him that will continue to change your life because there's a domino effect waiting to occur. Words are always required because it puts it out in the atmosphere. It puts it out into the atmosphere. Some of us don't ask God... We don't pray, we don't initiate, we don't ask God for things because we don't think we're worthy enough to even talk to him. And Jesus was answering this question for everybody once and for all. All who call on the name of the Lord. He hears even those that have been rebuked and cast aside by society. Those that think they have done the irreputable and impossible to be forgiven. No, it's the murderer on death row. God says, I still died for you. It's the mom who had to walk through an abortion. God says, I still died for you. It's the person who's been strung out on drugs and and dealt with things their entire life. God says, I still died for you. I am listening to your cry for help. But we just have to ask. Psalms 88 verse 13 says this, but I cry to you for help, Lord. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. God is waiting for you to ask him for help. We, here in this church, I want you to know, help is not a dirty word. God's waiting on you to ask. As a church, we want to help you, but we can't help you if you're sitting in silence. That's why we want you to get in a connect group. Start surrounding yourself with other people who aren't going to rebuke you, but are who are going to help point you to Jesus even more. It's not about sitting in silence. It's about being willing to say, God, help me, help me. Help is not a dirty word. My prayer is that this is a church that when people start crying out for help, we show up and we say, yeah, let's get to Jesus together. Let's grab hands. Let's circle this thing in prayer until we see it come to pass. Let's keep pursuing God with everything that we have. And it's not because the pastor does it. It's because the people who are sitting in your rows have experienced the same love of God that you are experiencing now. And they want to grab your hand and they want to walk with you and say, let's go, we can do this. Let's keep circling. Help is not a dirty word. Help, my marriage is struggling. Help, Jesus. Help, this test that I'm about to take is not my favorite subject in school. I've studied, but help, I ain't no good at grammar. Help, Jesus. Help me, Lord, I'm trying to make this team. I've never gone out for an athletic team. Jesus, I need your help. You might feel like everybody's telling you, Jesus ain't got time for that little prayer. Jesus doesn't have to, Jesus is too busy solving world problems to help you with your math exam. No, not at all. 
He wants you to cry out for help. Help, I'm a single mom and I'm just losing my mind. Help, I've been super tempted this week. But I don't want to give in to the sexual temptation that I'm feeling. Help, help, help. Listen, who is the person in your life that you can call for help? Who is the person in your life that you can call and say, will you pray with me? If you don't have somebody like that in your life, you need to find somebody in your life like that. Let me take it a step further. Who are the people in your life who know they can call you when they need help? If you you just look up and down your row, look at somebody that you sit around every single week, be willing to walk. Hey, listen, here's my number. If you ever need somebody to pray with you, call me. I hope that we start exchanging numbers all the time in this church. Why? Because there's things that you're going to need and the people around you are willing to help you by praying for you, praying with you. Let's be the kind of people that say, here's my number. Call if you need help. You're late at night and you're tempted and you're scrolling the internet on things. You, you call me. You call, I, we'll, we'll, we'll praise Jesus together and we'll pray. Oh, you're tempted to get back into the drugs. You, here's my number. You call me no matter what hour. You call me no matter what. I will pick up the phone and we will pray together. Who are the people in your life that you can do that with? And are you the kind of person that is willing to do that for somebody else? I pray, Jesus, let that be true of us. Why? Because prayer is the difference between letting things happen and making things happen. Prayer is the difference. Prayer turns ordinary people into prophets who shape the destinies of their families, of their churches, of their friends, of the communities, and even their country. Prayer makes the difference. It starts the domino falling over. Your prayer is the first domino to knock it down. What is it that you need to keep circling I want to encourage you to keep circling it. Here's here's the, the third thought today, and that's this, that the domino effect can start with something small. Something as small as this little domino can eventually, over time, growing as it goes, knock over the Eiffel Tower. Just knock it over. The Empire State Building, out. Why? Because something small, God can always do something bigger with. Zechariah 4 verse 10 says, Then the Lord came to me saying this. It was a rhetorical question and it's a great one. Who dares despise the day of small beginnings? Who in the world is willing to despise, to discount, to discredit, to have a feeling of contempt towards something that begins small? Don't despise the small in your life. Well, I I don't pray real long. They're really small prayers. Don't you dare despise what's happening in your life. I, I don't know very many scripture verses. Hold on to the scriptures that you do have because what starts, what eventually can knock over an Eiffel Tower in your life, the problems that are insurmountable in your life start with a small starting place. Don't despise the day of small If the Holy Spirit has started something in you, don't you dare call it insignificant. Don't despise it. Don't show contempt towards somebody who's growing in their faith. May we not be a church that judges people because they're struggling as they're starting small. May we be a church that sees somebody taking steps towards Jesus and despite all of the other things that might surround their life, we celebrate it and we cheer it on. That's a baby step. 
The Bible says when we come to faith in Christ, we're like babes in Christ. We're infants, small children. That's the metaphor that is used. Have you ever seen a toddler run a marathon? Have you ever seen a first grader who can lift 200 pounds on the bench press? Never have. Because they all have to start small. And it's baby steps that help us grow in our faith. And at every step, and when a toddler starts to walk and they fall down, you're like, you, you idiot, you little baby. I can't believe, you get back up right now. I can't believe you can't walk better than that. But as believers, when people come to faith in Christ, sometimes we have a tendency to throw shame on their sin. Where they stumble, we sit back and say, see, didn't really work, did it? May that not be who we are. May we be a church that celebrates every small step towards Jesus. Why do we celebrate water baptism so much here at this church? Because it is a huge step forward and it doesn't matter their starting point. It doesn't matter the surroundings of their life. We're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate. God always takes our small prayers and does great things. Don't despise the small prayers that you're praying. Why? Because that small prayer can grow and knock down another prayer a little bit later. And it can grow another inch or two. And it can knock down another prayer a little bit bigger. Another thing that you need to see God do. I love how Mark Batterson, the author of the 40 days of prayer devotion that we've been doing. I love how he says it like this. If you do little things like they're big things, God will do big things like they're little things. Prayer is at its core an issue of stewardship to God. And the principle of stewardship is this, God owns it all and he gives it all, but it's yours to manage. God has given you an ounce of faith. That is God's gift to you. It's yours to manage your faith. It's something God has given you something to pray for that's yours to pray for. Start with what you've been given. And the principle of stewardship is this. When you're faithful with little, God will give you something more. And when you're faithful with that more, he'll give you a little bit more. And then it keeps growing and growing and growing. Why? Because every domino is like an answered prayer. It's a faithful stewarded prayer that you were willing to take to God until you saw the answer. And each one that God answers helps you get to the next one. And it grows stronger and stronger as you go. There are small bones all throughout your body that play a major difference in your life. There's, there are three really, really small bones just in your ear alone that if one of them gets out of place, your entire body becomes unable to be in balance. All because of a tiny little bone. Why? Because little things can have big impact in the kingdom of God. I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. Pray about everything. Pray about everything. Pray pray about where to go for lunch today. You may not get an answer, so decide. That's fine. But start the habit of praying about everything. Jesus told his disciples to pray about everything. Sometimes we confuse slow response for a stopped response. See, that's why we have to keep praying. Because sometimes 
when we experience a delay in God answering our prayers, we assume that he's never going to answer. Sometimes we pray and 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 we we keep praying. But it doesn't seem like the answer is showing up. Just because an answer is slow or delayed in getting to you doesn't mean the answer is no. It doesn't mean the answer is no. See, the bigger the domino, the longer it's going to take to hit the ground. The bigger the problem that you're praying for, sometimes the longer it takes for God to knock it down. And sometimes the delay isn't really about you not getting your answer. It's really about your character being developed to handle the promise that he's giving to you. When we experience a delay in something that you're praying for, can I give you some real practical things today? Because there will be times you'll be praying and you're not going to get an answer right away. There's going to be things that you're going to be praying for for a long time. Can I help you? When you experience a delay, sometimes that means you need to submit it back to God and move on. Let me give you an example. When I was in Bible school, I knew that God wanted me, uh, that, that I, well, let me say it this way. I knew when I was in Bible school, one of the desires in my heart was to write. I knew I wanted to write. It was something in me. I just wanted to do it. And for years, it never happened. Been in ministry now over six, uh, going on 16 years in full-time ministry with Amber. And we've been in full-time ministry for over 16 years now. And, and it isn't until uh, about a year ago that I had really started to sense a different stirring to re-engage this dream to write again. I had put it on the shelf <laughs> for a little while. I wanted to write a book, but I had to shelf it for a little while. Why? Because I was experiencing this delay and I've learned over the years that if I'm I'm seeing a delay in life, I often need to just submit it back to God and trust him in the process. And as I resubmitted it to God in the process, there became a character development inside of me that I think God has finally said, hey, you can re-engage this. I'm going to send this desire back to you because your character could handle it now. Sometimes when you're in a delay, you have to be willing to submit it back to God and trust that he'll send it back to you when the time is right. But you keep pressing in. Sometimes in a delay, you have to choose to delight in God more than you delight in the response. And when it came to writing the book, which a couple weeks ago I I told you all just by way of accountability, uh, because now I got to do it, uh, that I'm in the process of writing a book. And so uh, I'm really excited. It's thrilling. It's, it's, it's agonizing at times. I don't know. It, I'm just trusting God for it all. But within that whole process of submitting it back to God, you know what I've learned to do? Just delight in God more than the promise and the answer. So if you, in the middle of a delay in your life, will just choose to delight in God... Not focus on the response, not focused on the answer, not focus on getting what you want, just focus on Him. And in that process, when your heart is at a place, He will resend you what it is that you need. Sometimes our delays in our prayers may mean we need to just wait. Just wait and persevere. Just wait and persevere. Sometimes you're praying and you see a setback 
in your prayers, right? You're praying in a direction and all of a sudden something happens and it's like, okay, hold on. I got to take a step back. I wasn't expecting this. This kind of ruins my plans for a minute. What am I going to do with this setback? You know what you do with that setback? You choose to continue to pray and press in. Because it's in those moments of delay that you need to realize that what you feel like is a setback perhaps is really just a setup for the next season of your life. Sometimes we feel like it's a setback, but it's really just a setup. Don't get frustrated with the unanswered prayer. God is big enough to be at work even if you don't see it, He's big enough. But we feel these delays and we see these setbacks. And we're like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Those of you that have been part of our church for the last little bit. And if you, uh, for those of you that have given uh, financially to the church uh, over the course of last year at any moment in time. And we have record of it. You got a letter from us this week. Thanking you not only for your contribution, but just celebrating all that God has done for us as a church. It is fantastic to see the faithfulness of God again and again. Things that he's been doing in us. And I updated you a little bit on some of the Heart for the House initiatives that we had. And last year, at the end of February, we launched a Heart for the House initiative. Which we had several projects we wanted to accomplish as a church. To help expand our reach and to enhance the ministries that were around. And, and many of you stepped up and were giving faithfully to that. And, and we, we prayed in that direction and we made some commitments. And coming up in uh, later in the month, we're going to have another opportunity uh, a little bit later on to do that same thing again, to say, God, what are you putting in front of us to accomplish this year? How can we best steward those things and move forward in that direction? But one of the big components that we were really uh, wanting to move forward with last year was uh, being able to pour some concrete and start paying uh, for some metal to expand our sanctuary. We were out of room last year. Nothing has changed. We've added a few more seats, gotten a little more creative, but we are still out of room. And one of our core principles as a church is that we want to make room for more people to belong. That was the goal at the very beginning. And we set up and we had done some research and talked with the company and started to move in a direction for this building uh, and this project that we were real excited for. But as we got into it, we discovered that it was going to cost more than what they said that they thought it would cost. The plans didn't really change, but as they solidified and they even gave us a number which was in the $600,000 range to build this metal structure that we were going to add onto the church. We were real excited thinking, man, this is going to be great. This is going to be a good thing. We can do this. Okay, let's, let's start putting it together. We started casting vision and we're telling you all about it. And as we started walking and we started crossing numbers with another company, we discovered that the information that we had gotten originally wasn't all of the information that we needed. And what we thought was going to be a $600,000 project was now in the $1.2, $1.5 million range of a project. And we were like, oh, let's take a step back. We were praying, but we had to take a step back. Friends, setbacks are really just setups for the next season. Right now, we're in the process of praying. The Heart for the House Committee, we're Four other gentlemen who are part of our church and love the Lord and love this house. Help me steward and plan and pray about these things. We've got three different avenues that we're exploring 
to say, God, how can we make more room for more people to belong? Because that's the goal. Amen? The goal is not to have a really amazing facility. The goal is to make more room for more people to belong. And we're in the process of praying because I believe God is not only the, 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 the man, we, I was disappointed. Can I be honest? When we started that process, we started to see the price going up, up and up and up. And I was like, uh-uh, hold on. Do I have faith that God can do it? Sure. God can move a lot of mountains. But we had to really recalibrate because when you experience a delay, you have to be willing to take a step back. When the setback comes, you have to be willing to step back and say, hold on, God. How are you setting us up for the next? Because I don't want to just charge ahead with a good idea. Come on. We want to move forward with God's idea. And we're still looking at ways. We've been able to do a lot this year with our Heart for the House. All of the other projects that we wanted to accomplish within the context of Heart for the House, not only did the commitments come in, we had about uh, uh, just shy of 50,000 in terms of people saying, hey, we, we expect to be able to give this, and collectively we thought that. Not only has God already surpassed that in just 10 months of giving, but we've been able to do everything else on our list that we have really felt like God needed us to do which is a big yay, praise God. Somebody should have gotten a little more excited about God's faithfulness. I know, I know, I know. You heard me tell you about the setback. And you're waiting for me to tell you how we're going to get set up for the next season. You got to hang out with us all next series to find out. Got him. Friends, when you experience a delay... You have to choose to continually pray because God's plans are different. God's plans are more. And just because there's a setback doesn't mean that he's done. A delay doesn't mean a denial. It just means you've got to keep praying because one domino can lead to the next domino, which can lead to the next domino, which leads to the next domino, which leads to the next domino. Friends, I'm telling you, God's not done with our church. We're just getting started. And this year in 2019, as a church, we're going to find a healthy stride that helps us step towards everything that God has for us as a church. We're going to find a new stride in 2019. You're going to find a new stride in your marriage in 2019. You're going to find a new stride in your, in your, uh, your heart and to serve in 2019. You're going to find a new stride in 2019, and we're going to do it together. And I hope, I hope, I hope that you'll make a commitment to be here for the course of this next series starting next Sunday. Don't miss it. Here's what you need to know. Last thought. A domino effect carries on. It doesn't just knock over one domino and be done. No, it knocks over a domino and it keeps going. I looked it up. The world record for the longest domino train, 15,524 dominoes. You can go watch it on YouTube if you'd like. 15,000. It took them two days to build the domino train. Two days. It took over five minutes for the whole train to be knocked down. Would you be willing to work for two days for five minutes of joy? Two days is a long time. That's a lot of diligence. That's a lot of details. That's a lot of keep going. That's, that's a lot of we're going to set this up as long as it takes. 
Friends, if there is more to be done, there are more prayers to pray. Until all of hell in Bourbon County has been emptied, we're going to keep going for more people in Jesus' name. Our job is not to build a big church. Our job is to build big people. We want to empty the population of hell. Domino effects, one by one, little by little, as long as it takes, we keep praying. God wants to develop and continue in you a habit of ongoing prayer. We may be closing down our official 40-day journey, but I hope it has stoked a hunger in you to continue to pray every day. Our goal was not to do a 40-day thing and, woo, wasn't that awesome? Our goal was to help you establish a new pattern of prayer. Why? Because the domino effect needs to continue on. There are bigger things that you need to see God accomplish in your life. And we want to continue to pray until we go. Mark Batterson says it like this. When we pray to God regularly, we will find irregular things happen on a regular basis. We've heard stories of a mom who hasn't seen her son or grandsons and didn't even know about another grandson in years. She wrote her son's name down on a piece of paper, circled it and started praying for her sons. Over the course, during these last several weeks, out of the blue, gets a call from her son. Found out about a grandson she didn't know about. Why? Because when you pray on the regular, irregular things begin to happen on a regular basis. There's a story of a a gal in our church who, at the beginning of these 40 days, God had really started to prompt her to make reconciliation with some family. And last week had the opportunity to, it was just stronger, 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 stronger in her. She made the phone call, made the conversation happen. And God has begun to do some healing and reconciliation. And it's awesome. I've seen her stories of marriages that have been stuck and stale all of a sudden start to be stoked a little bit in the right direction. Why? Because when you pray on the regular, irregular things begin to happen on the regular basis. Heard, heard a story of a, of a mom who God had challenged her to give up her Sundays and say, God, you can have my Sundays. She's a server at a restaurant. Sundays are a big deal when it comes to the restaurant industry. It's a great day for a lot of great tips. And friends, church, if you're not tipping big on Sunday, don't go eat out. We are a generous church. That's another subject, another day. She felt like God was asking her to do it. Out of obedience to what she felt God had put on her heart, she did it. And God reminded her a couple weeks ago that as she's done that, her Monday through Friday, Monday through Saturday business has increased. God can make up the difference on what you choose to submit and sacrifice to him. Come on, God is big enough to do big things in your life. George Muller, there's a story of him in our devotional. He was a Christian evangelist who established an orphanage in England. During his time, he cared for over 10,000 orphans while establishing 17 different schools all throughout England. Here's the cool thing. He raised over $150 million by today's standards. And you know what? He never asked another human being for any of it. If he had a need, you know what he did? He prayed. They needed a plumber to fix some pipes. You know what he did? 
He prayed. He didn't, he didn't flip through the phone book. He prayed. They needed money to build another school. He prayed and God showed up. He's got over 30,000 chronicled answers to prayer in his, in his prayer journal. 30,000 answered prayers. 30,000 dominoes that have fallen in his life. Friends, I want to challenge you to keep circling all year long. Keep circling in prayer all week long, all year long. Our prayer spot over here to my left, we're going to keep those cards and that wall up all year long. It's going to become like our prayer journal. If God answers the prayer that you put up on that wall, I want you to walk over there with joy and gladness and put an X through it. Come on, as a church, we're going to see it and celebrate. God answered another one. There goes another domino. There goes another one. There goes another one. It's going to become our prayer journal as a church for the whole year. You have another prayer request? Go fill out another card. Put it on the wall and let's circle it together. Let's keep praying all year long. In the coming days, coming weeks, we'll be launching something that we're calling our prayer team. And at the end of every service, you'll have an opportunity. If you need prayer for anything to go up to any of them and say, will you pray with me about this? They will grab your hands, pray in faith, love on you, follow up and help you take a next step, whatever that looks like. Why? Because we're committed to continuing to pray as a church. I want to challenge you, get in a connect group. Why? Because that circle of group, that connect group that you are in will become a prayer circle for you to pray with one another. Go sign up today for a connect group. Starting in March, another practical way that we're going to put this into to practice this year. Starting in March, on the first Wednesday of every month at 7 p.m., we're going to open this space for prayer. A prayer service, a prayer gathering. Where we, at the first of every month, are going to say, God, we're seeking you still. We're still circling. We're still going. It'll be 45 minutes long. 7 to 7.45, right here, first Wednesdays, put it on your calendar. Make it a priority to be here. Today, on your way out, I would encourage you to pick up a domino. To remind you to keep praying that small things create big impact. And that there's a domino effect at play when you pray. I've got mine. I wrote, keep circling. I just drew the circle because there wasn't space. It's like my own sharpie emoji version. Keep circling. I'm going to put it somewhere that I'm going to see it all the time and remind myself to keep praying, to not give up, to keep circling until I see God come through. Pick up a domino on your way out. Keep it with you. Because remember, God does big things with people who are faithful. So start with something small. May we be willing to dream big, keep circling, pray hard, think long-term, and see the domino effect of our prayers radically change our lives and the lives of those around us. Will you stand with me as we close in prayer today? Just by way of kind of confession to the Lord, if you're here today and you'd say, 
Pastor, I'm making a commitment to continue to circle. I'm going to keep praying this year for as long as it takes. If you would say, that's me, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to do that, Pastor. I'm going to keep praying. Would you just put a hand in the air to the Lord? Show him, say, Lord, here it is. Lord, you see these hands and with them these hearts. Lord, may we be a people of faith that are willing to do the small things so that you can do big things. May we be the people that would be willing to pray on a regular basis and we would see irregular things happen on a regular basis because of our willingness to come to you. May we not stay silent or feel rebuked, but Lord, no matter where we're at, we're willing to start with asking you. So Lord, help us to do those things today. Help us to pursue you and seek you and and know, God, that you hear us when we pray and that, Lord, little things over time create a massive impact. They create a domino effect for the kingdom of God. And Lord, you alone get the glory for it. Lord, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Come on, can we thank the Lord and seal this time just for the...